The Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Financial Aid 101. How to afford college and achieve your dreams. Session one, a professional development seminar. Featuring founder of Preparing for College 101, Renita Rich Brin. Paying for college is one of the biggest hurdles students face when preparing for college. In this seminar, high school students are given valuable information regarding how to search for scholarships, completing the FAFSA, the difference between scholarships and grants, and other pieces of vital information. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Financial Aid 101, How to Afford College and Achieve Your Dreams, Session 1, featuring Renita Rich Brand. So um, the name of this workshop is Financial Aid Basics, What You Need to Know. I do like to walk around and move around a little bit. I'm not one of those type of people who just stands still. So if that's okay with you. And I also like for my participants to also move around. This is an interactive workshop. I don't like to just lecture and talk to students, but I want you to interact and I want you to mingle. So the first thing I want to do is introduce myself. My name is Renita Rich Bren. I am from originally Florida. I've been in uh, Newport News, Virginia for the last probably eight or nine years. And I started my business preparing for college 101 um, as a result of my daughter who graduated from high school in 2017 from Woodside High School. Uh, approximately about 2,500 students. Uh, so medium, fairly large um, school. However, when she graduated, she was awarded $1.5 million in scholarships. So most people's eyes got large like yours are doing now, or they kind of looked and smiled and said, how did you do that? So I initially uh, assumed that everyone was on this scholarship, I guess I should say, search. Um, I knew financially that I did not have a savings, and I knew that I didn't have a 529. You know what a 529 is? Either one of you? So a 529 is a basically a college savings account. And a lot of parents open it up for their, their children, and they put X number of dollars in that account, and it locks in whatever that tuition rate when they apply or when they start it. So when their child gets ready to go to college, they basically have some money that is set aside for them to go. I didn't have that. Um, so I knew that in order for her to go, we were going to have to find a way. And so I knew that my finances were pretty strapped. Um, nothing was really going to change that was going to allow me to have a little bit more flexibility. So we began to plan and prepare. So this workshop, we're going to talk about planning and preparing so that you can secure the money that you need. Financial aid is very important. Um, whether you get a scholarship, whether you get a loan, there are certain things that you are going to be required to do. So the first thing I would like to do is the one way how we introduce ourselves. If you notice, there are four um, post-it notes, large, on the, on the walls here. Um, I am going to ask that you use a pen, and we can probably move the post-it notes to where it can maybe possibly come here on the table so we do not um, have any... Um, 
markers or stains on the walls, okay? So the first post-it note is intended major. So intended major means that whenever you go to college, what is it that you want to major in? What is it that you want to do? If you don't know, say, I don't know. If you know I have an idea, just record it, okay? I'm not grading. Um, also, the next one is ways to pay for college. As of right now, how do you see yourself and your family paying for your college? Are you seeking scholarships? Are you seeking grants? Are you seeking loans? Are you paying out of your pocket? Do you have a savings account? So list those um, ways that you plan to pay for college. And the back, extracurricular activities. So some students may be involved in the band. Some students may be in ROTC. Some students may be in STEM-related activities that they really enjoy, and they may continue those activities in college as well. So you will record that. And then last but not least, on the very front, which should have been first, I would like for you to list at least five or two or three, if you can, um, colleges that you would like to attend. So when we think about colleges, we have schools that is our goal or our dream, right? So we call them our reach schools, right? And then we have schools that, you know, well, I may not necessarily really want to go to this school, but this is an option for me, okay? So the pins are all the way in the back. I'm going to set the timer for five minutes. So if you'll rotate throughout the four charts and record your information, and then we'll come back. How does that sound? All right, you ready? I'm going to set my timer, and when it goes off, that means that we're going to stop. Hi, my name is Siraj Carter. Uh, for ways to pay for college, I have, you know, the big one. The goal is a full-ride scholarship, and then I also intend on having a saving account if the scholarship I earn doesn't cover the full costs of the college I plan to attend. Uh, for extracurricular activities, I do robotics, uh, website design in my free time, and then competitive esports is a hobby of mine. For, co uh, for colleges and universities, you know, a lot of people say that their goal is MIT, but, you know, that's the big one. And then other ones I have are Virginia Tech, Carnegie Mellon University, and the University of Maryland. Uh, my intended major is computer science and, or informational technology. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. My name is Solid Carter. Uh, my main goal for paying for college is scholarships and also using a savings account if I can get enough money. I'm trying to make it so that I can use a savings account along with scholarships so that way I could have more money and it could be an easier way to pay for college. All right. And some extracurricular activities I like I enjoying I like enjoying is robotics club in my uh, school I go to McKinley Tech and sometimes I like to uh, work on music and stuff. And colleges and universities I want to attend is Virginia Tech, University of Maryland, and George Washington University. The intended majors I want to pursue is electrical engineering and mechanical engineering. And the intended minor I want to do is sound design. And yeah. So for the two young men, I think what I heard in common is that both of you are thinking about Virginia Tech. Is that correct? Okay. So um, I'm going to spend, while they are uh, recording some information on the board, I'm going to uh, talk about Virginia Tech just a little bit. Right now is a great opportunity. If anyone is a minority who would like to go to Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech right now has what's called the Black College Institute. Are you familiar with that? Okay. 
So the Black College Institute is for high school juniors and seniors. Um, actually, um, they may open it up to sophomores. I know my daughter went as a freshman. Um, and what happens is that you spend about three days on the campus of Virginia Tech for free. You stay in the dorms. And they have activities that are planned out for you. They have the different schools of engineering and just different majors that they offer there on the campus. And you have an opportunity to walk around and meet those individuals. So it kind of gives you that college setting feel without actually being in college to say, this is where I really want to go. Because what happens is that a lot of students say, I want to go to this school, and they may not have ever been. Or they'll say, I want to go to this school. And a lot of times, the school doesn't even have their major. So I like to do this because this opens up dialogue. Again, I don't like to talk at you. I want this to be interactive. Because when we think about financial aid, we think about, uh, what? Money, right? We're thinking about FAFSA. Oh, this is what my mom is going to fill out. But no, this is very important for you to know. So young ladies, if you can go to the board real quickly, and if you can just tell us your name, please, and go ahead and read your information off the chart. So we'll start with you first, okay? Hello, my name is Alia Gooden. Um, ways, I, ways I plan to pay for college is doing paid internship, working part-time, or get a scholarship. And extracurricular extra activities I'm in is science club, environmental club, and art club. College in our university that I wanted to go is in Morgan State. I don't really know anymore. Okay. Um, my intended major is psychology, laboratory science, or bioengineering, either one of them. Thank you. If you pass it to the next person, please. Thank you so much. My name's Amaya, and ways I pay, ways I'm going to pay for college is either a job or a loan. Um, extracurricular activities I'm in is basketball. Um, I didn't put a college university down, but I think I want to go to I think it's Boston University. Okay. Um, I didn't put one of these down either, but a psychiatric doctor. Um, my name is Tazea, and I just put like a job or loans, and then for this one I said volleyball and or baking. For colleges and universities, I put Stratford University, you know, the pastry school okay. for and mm -hmm. okay. and um, culinary arts. Okay, thank you. My name is Malay. Ways to pay for college? I said scholarship or internship. I play softball and basketball. The college or university I want to go to is Norfolk, Clark, or McDaniel. Okay. And my major I want to do is nursing. Okay. Good job. All right. Good job. So a lot of you mentioned a lot of uh, careers and majors that deal with the sciences. And I even heard someone say that they're in a robotics club. Someone said culinary. And a lot of times when we would think of the sciences and we think of STEM, we don't necessarily think of cooking. But cooking is science. It's science. It's STEM, right? Okay, and then I heard someone else say uh, psychology and laboratory sciences. So a lot of you are in the right field. And as a minority, this is the time and there is the opportunity for you to be able to literally go to college debt-free. 
I educate parents and students on how to leave college debt free. For the three, four young ladies who just arrived, as I was giving my introduction, I stated that I started doing this in 2017 after my daughter received $1.5 million in scholarships. Now, she didn't have a rich mom. She didn't have a rich dad. She was just like everyone else in this room. She's one of four. But we knew that we didn't have the money to pay for it, so we had to find ways. So we're going to talk a little bit about finding ways. Some of the ways that you stated that some of you were going to go were loans. I heard the word loans. We're going to talk a little bit about loans. And what are loans? Because hopefully after this presentation, we're not going to say the word loans. And if we say it, we're not going to use it in the context of that is my only option to pay for college. Okay? Because we want free money. Everybody say free money. Free money means that's money that you do not have to pay. There you go. Payback. Free money. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. All right. So questions in, uh, that we will answer in this presentation. Number one, how much does college cost and what is included in the total cost? Number two, what is the difference between grants? And I'm going to look over here because I don't think I heard it, but I'm going to double check with my eyes. Because when I asked you how are you going to pay for college, I heard things such as scholarships, Full ride scholarships, because there is a difference. I heard uh, savings accounts, job, loan, working part-time, internship. But what I did not hear is grants. Everybody say grants. Okay, grants is just like a scholarship. It's also free what? Free money. When you start saying loans, that means you have to pay somebody back. That means you are in debt, right? But we want, a, we want a degree because that's what they tell us to do. Get a degree and you'll make more money. I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> My friend uh, just finished school, just finished her degree. I chose the route of leaving high school, going straight to college. She built a house before I did, and it's bigger. <laughs> her cars are nicer so don't always just assume that the only way that you can make money is to go to college do I believe college is important absolutely I am an educator so I believe it is important but don't let that be your only option okay all right number three how does a student receive financial aid so we all say yes I want to go to school but how are you going to pay for it that's what you need to know. You also need to realize that more than half of all students attending college in the United States receive some form of assistance. Very rare do you find someone who goes to college and writes a check for $80,000, $160,000. Very rare. Why do you think that's rare? The average person does not have that amount of money that is saved. The economy is in a place where people really can't save that. So they want to go to school, so they have to receive some type of financial assistance. That financial assistance is grants, scholarships, loans, okay? But we want the financial assistance that we do not have to pay back. All right, so here we go. College costs. Number one. 
if we have time, I'm going to allow you to do this activity because I heard someone say Virginia Tech. I heard someone say Norfolk State. I think I heard Stratford. And a lot of times we say these are the schools we want to go to. But who can tell me how much does it cost to attend one of those institutions for four years? Does anyone know? Um, I know that Morgan is up to 100000 $100,000 for four years? So that means per year it's in the range of about twenty to twenty-five thousand. Yeah. So I actually, when I do my workshops, I give a comparison of Norfolk State, and I compare that to Hampton University. Have y'all heard of those two institutions? All right. So both of those are HBCUs. What's an HBCU? Absolutely correct. Historically, black college or university. The difference between Hampton University and Norfolk State is that one is private and one is public. What's the difference between public and private? Well, someone said it costs more. What else is a the difference? There is a difference in the price, but the difference is how do you receive your funding? And it does cost more. So I heard someone say their intended major was nursing. How about this real quick? Hampton University for four years Right now, when you leave, the total cost, and we're going to talk more about total cost, what all that includes, because that's not just tuition. That's books. That's room and board. Those are living expenses, right, while you're in college. It's $177,000 for four years to major in nursing. You can attend Norfolk State University, major in nursing, for $80,000 for four years. Did anybody hear a significant difference in the price? What significant difference did you hear? Okay, so the difference is that HU is $177,000 and Norfolk State is eighty. dollars So how many of you can go home right now and rip out your checkbook or go to the bank and take $80,000 to Norfolk State or $177,000 to HU? Not many. Don't feel bad. I can't either. That's why we have to know how much does it cost? What are we majoring in so that we can make the best choice? So the net price is the amount that a student pays to an attend an institution in a single academic year. So when I say 80000 that's for four years. So for one year, it's twenty. After subtracting, hopefully we get some scholarships, grants, if you receive those, okay? If you want to find out exactly how much it costs to attend your institution, you can go to what they have. It's called not a net, excuse me, price calculators, and those are available on the college's website, and they will let you know. So there's no reason to guess and not know how much does it cost to attend Virginia Tech because that's where I want to go. You should be able to tell me. Everybody has an iPhone. Everybody has social media, right? So that means we have internet access. We know how to search. So those are some of the things that you can search and find out on your time. So financial aid. Financial aid is very important. Even if you get a scholarship, you need financial aid. It is part of financial aid. So financial aid is a process. You don't just walk up and they just give you this free money. We're going to talk about the different types of scholarships, but it is part of the financial aid process. So first thing you have to do is fill out what they call as a FAFSA. 
That is very important. FAFSA stands for, everybody read with me. Let's go on three. One, two, three. Free application for federal student aid. Everyone has to complete that. Whether that school gives you a full ride or not, most schools still require you to fill out your FAFSA. Also, some institutions, depending on what institution you choose, not all, they have what is called as a CSS profile. It's a lot like FAFSA, basically trying to generate and see what amount of money you need. They don't just give you money just because. You have to have a need, okay? You're listening to Financial Aid 101, How to Afford College and Achieve Your Dreams, Session 1 a professional development seminar featuring Renita Rich Brin. Brought to you by the Global Catalyst for Change, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference, where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So the financial aid process, also make sure that you check with each school's individual website to find out what forms are required and how they must be filed. That is very important. So while filing your FAFSA, each year, the federal government awards roughly $150 billion to college students through need-based. Need what? Need-based. So it must be a need, right? And those need base are going to be through grants. And what do we say grants are called free what? Free what? Thank you. Loans. Is that free money? No, that means I have to pay you what? Pay you back. Now, if you have to get a loan, it's okay, but that should not be your first go-to. So what you should be looking forward to are scholarships and grants. Also, if you do work study. So I heard someone say a part-time job was a way that they were going to pay for college. That's great. You can go and work at McDonald's. McDonald's does have tuition assistance. However, sometimes that's not enough. And depending on your major, some of you said nursing, which is very demanding. Sometimes working off campus is not the best option. And a lot of times, work study will really come in handy because that allows you to work right there on campus. Okay? While my daughter was at Tuskegee University, she's still there, she had an opportunity to generate some money. Now, remember, she's on a full-ride scholarship. I remember I said her total package from all schools, not one school, was $1.5 in scholarships. But she still needed soap. She still needed deodorant. She still wanted to get braids. She still wanted her nails done. She still wanted lashes. She still wanted a car. She still wanted to eat at Chipotle every day, even though she could eat in the cafeteria, but she still wanted Chipotle. All of that come at a cost. So she was given an opportunity to become a research assistant, and so that was $960 a month. Okay, this year she's working in the lab for work study. So work study will also help you fund your college as well. And that's something that you do not have to pay. There you go. We want to stay away. We don't want to pay people back. We want free money. So an important day to remember. How many of you are seniors in here? All right. So seniors, you already know this. I hope and pray. 
But if you are a junior, if you are a sophomore, if you are a freshman, October the 1st is when it opens up. That is the first day that FAFSA opens up. Write down that date, because that is very important. You ever heard the saying, the early bird gets the what? The early bird gets the what? So the sooner you fill out your FAFSA, guess what? The more money will be available to you. If you wait till the last minute, you only get what's left over. Now, it is need-based. They are going to determine what you're eligible for. But if they've already given out all their scholarships, if they've given out all of their grants and all they have left is loans, that's all that's left. So it's very important that you take advantage of this important date, October the 1st, for those juniors that are in the room, for those sophomores that are in the room, and those freshmen that are in the room. So when you become a senior, that year of your senior year, October the 1st, okay? You have a question? Is the FAFSA open all during all the month of October? So his question is, is FAFSA open throughout the entire month? Yes, FAFSA is open. So even if I'm a senior, right, and I have not filled out my FAFSA, can I still fill out? Yes, I can. Okay? It just simply means that, again, you're waiting to the last minute as a senior, so you may not qualify. Well, I'm not going to say qualify. You may not get as much aid that you could have received if you had completed it early. Okay? Good question. All right. So student federal aid, this is the website that you will go to to fill it out. There are several different websites, so make sure you have the right one. You never want to put in your information to any website or any person. So make sure that you're working with someone, okay? A lot of times in high schools, they usually have what's called FAFSA night. That's a great opportunity for you and your parents to come to fill out that information if you are unsure or if this is the first time that you've ever done it. Always ask questions when in doubt, okay? You will need your parents because your parents are the ones who file their taxes. Now, if you are an independent student and there are certain ways that you can qualify for independent, then you can, uh, when you fill out yours, you will answer those questions to determine if you're an independent student, and it would either say yes or no, and then you would use your information. Some examples of independent students will be students who may be homeless, um, things of that nature, or um, those students who, um, I believe that are in foster care and things of that nature, those students will qualify for independent. Yes, sir. Um, so what if it takes a little longer for your parent or guardian to receive the um, required documents for the FAFSA? So his question is, what happens if it takes a little longer for your parents to receive the document? Nothing really happens. It just prolongs your award letter. Because what happens at the end, once you fill out your FAFSA, that information goes to the college that you are applying to. And then that school financial aid office will generate what's called a financial aid award letter. So what usually happens is that that school will probably reach out to you, and they're not going to be able to generate until the documents are in place. Okay? Yes. So what if you're, um, if you have a job right now, would that mean that you get like less benefits from FAFSA? No, her question was, if you have a job, would you receive less benefits? No, 
It does not. So the only way to determine is by your parents filing or whoever you live with once they file, and that will determine what you qualify for. Again, I believe it's stated on the um, slide, more than 95% of Americans receive some type of financial aid. And financial aid means loans, scholarships, grants, or work study. Okay? All right. So it's available again on October the 1st. So for those of you who are juniors, October the 1st, 2020 is when you're filing. If you are a senior, please go home today and file. Find someone to help you. Go to your school counselor if you are unsure. Sit down and talk with your parents. You will need that information, okay? All right, also, how many of you taking the ACT, SAT? All right, so if you've had the SAT, you should have what is called a College Board account. In order to take the SAT, you must have one. Okay, a lot of colleges require ACT scores and SAT scores in order for you to be accepted. So if you have not taken it, I strongly urge that you take it, especially if you are a junior. Try to take it by this summer. What happens to a lot of students is that they wait until April, May of their senior year. And it takes about two weeks for the scores to come back. And the ACT and the SAT is not necessarily a difficult test, but it's not what the average student sees on a daily basis. So there are certain test-taking strategies that you need to know how to do in order to be successful on the test. And if you wait until the last minute and you only take it once, then a lot of times your score is not as high as you need it to be in order to get into the schools of your choice. And most of your scholarships, we're going to talk a little bit about that, some of them are academic. They require a certain ACT or SAT score. So GPA is great. GPA is great. And I do know some schools are, do not even um, make you take the ACT or SAT if your GPA is over 3.5. But just know that when you submit your documents and you choose not to take the ACT or the SAT, you're also declining the opportunity to receive an academic scholarship from that institution. I'm going to repeat that. If you have a 3.5 GPA or higher and you choose not to take the ACT or SAT, you are declining your opportunity to receive an academic scholarship from that institution. You will be accepted, but the academic money, scholarship opportunities will not be available to you. Okay? All right, so here we are. Be smart about scholarships. Thousands of scholarships exist. All kind of websites. All kind of web websites. However, never pay money to apply to an outside scholarship. If somebody's asking you to send me your credit card information and I'll guarantee you that you'll get these scholarships, that's a scam. Most of your scholarships are public information. Your school counselor has a list of scholarships. A lot of times what happens to students is that we look at the big ones that are like $40,000. So we all run to that one. But everybody is running to the $40,000 scholarship. And a lot of times they only give five. 
and they have maybe over 70 or 700 people applying for them. And they're only giving five. So your chances are very slim when it comes to your national scholarships. I'm not saying don't apply. I'm just saying your chances and your probability is slim. However, when your school says this sorority or this fraternity has some scholarship that is available, I would recommend you applying. Why? Because you're only going to compete with the people that are in your school district. That means your probability is greater or higher because you're not competing with so many people. You're not competing with the people in Virginia. You're not competing with the people in Mississippi. You're not competing with the people in Ohio. You're only competing with those people that are right there in your district. So when my daughter began applying, she was only really competing with the people that were in Newport News Public Schools that were seniors. And so that's why she was able to get a lot of those. You have a question? Can you apply to multiple um, scholarships? Absolutely. She said, can you apply for multiple scholarships? Absolutely. And you should never put all your eggs in one basket. You should apply to more than one college. So even if Howard University is your dream school, and if that's the only school that you apply to and you don't get in, what's your plan B? Everybody should have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. If everything went according to how it was planned, we would be perfect. But we're not. We have a question. When is it best to apply um, before or after you get accepted? When is it best to apply? So, first of all, most of your academic scholarships through your institutions, they offer those scholarships by November 1st of your senior year. So if you wait until April and you are accepted and then you apply for a scholarship, how many other people you think have applied to that school? Thousands of people. Absolutely. So what do you believe your probability will be of a scholarship at that time? Very low. Very little. When you are applying as a freshman and you submit your application, they already look at your information to determine what you will be eligible for. So when you're doing scholarships through an institution and you apply, they read your information and they determine at that time of reviewing your application if they're, number one, going to accept you, and then number two, they're going to determine what scholarships you are eligible for. So there's not a second application. However, when we talk about scholarships that are through nonprofits, scholarships that are through businesses, scholarships that are through uh, community service, or uh, scholarships that are through uh, credit unions, that's a totally different application. So you have to be um, very mindful of the dates of those applications. In Hampton, what we use is what's called Naviance. Does anybody use Naviance? Okay, so on Naviance, if it's the same way, usually that school counselor posts all the scholarships for that month, right? So you get a listing of that, is that correct? Is that how it works? Okay, don't wait till the last minute. So if the due date, let's say, is March, don't wait until February the 28th. If they send out the application, send out the information letting you know it's available in, in January, 
Start getting your information together in January. Why? Because all applications are going to require the three basic things. Write it down. Number one, all applications are going to require official transcripts. What are official transcripts? Anyone know? Um, transcripts that are signed by your principal and your guidance counselor. So transcripts that are signed by your principal and your school counselor. What else makes it official? It is sealed. Nowadays, y'all are through a different generation. Most of your transcripts are going to be electronic. What happens is that when you apply to your institutions or usually when you apply for different scholarships, everything is online. So what they will ask you for is your school counselor's email address. And usually they will send notification to your counselor asking for the supporting documents and they will send it. But there are some cases where you may have to hand deliver. So when you hand deliver an official transcript, it needs to be sealed. That means it has a seal on it. It has to be in the envelope, closed, and taped. That's what makes it sealed. If it's open, it's no longer official. So you need an official transcript. You're also going to be required to write an essay. This is what gets a lot of our students. They don't want to write. But if you write a generic essay, and if you are a junior, and you start working on that essay in the summertime, so when school starts in September, you already have it. All you have to do is go in and maybe change and apply the name to the scholarship that you are applying to. But usually a generic scholarship is going to say, where do you see yourself in the next four years? What is your plan? Why do you want to go to college? How is this scholarship going to benefit you? You can do that in 250 words. That's less than a whole page, or that's about a whole page, right? So it's, it's really simple. But you will be surprised at how many students do not apply because they do not want to write a scholarship. So academic resume, essay, and then, of course, you're going to need letters of recommendation. So usually your letters of recommendation is someone who's going to write on your behalf to say that this student is capable of or this student displays the characteristics of, and I'm writing a letter to say I support this individual. Okay? So I see some of you closing your books, so I guess you're getting ready to go. Or this is time. Is this time? So five minutes remaining. So what I want to do real quick is I want to uh, open the floor for any type of questions that you may have about scholarships and that you may have about loans or grants. Are there any questions? Yes, ma'am. Say if you apply to a grant, does it go with you to any school that you choose? Her question is, if I apply for a grant, does it go with me to any school that I choose? If it is a grant, like a federal Pell grant, excuse me, it will go to whatever institution. Okay? But on some of those uh, scholarships, you need to read and make sure that you can take it to with you if you're choosing another institution. What do grants require? So grants, just kind of like a scholarship a lot of times, depending on your financial um, status, sometimes some grants are need-based, meaning depending on where you are financially in your household, some grants may require a certain level of commitment, such as maybe community service, things of that nature. So usually when you fill out your scholarship, 
It's a lot like filling out a grant. There is an application that goes along with it. So GPA requirements, community service requirements, and how are you as a well-rounded person? Are you a person who only reads books and have a 4.5 GPA? Woohoo! Or are you a person who has a 3.2 GPA, but you are a leader in your community? Sometimes we get stuck on the GPA and think, oh, the smarter you are, the more money I get. Not necessarily, because you may only be a bookworm, but can you get along with others? How do you impact your community? What are you doing differently? What problem are you solving? Okay? What does it take to apply for a work study? So work study is when you fill out your FAFSA. So we talked about federal aid. So when your parents sit down and fill out your FAFSA, that's what determines if work study is available to you. That's not a certain, uh, a separate application, okay? If I've already signed up for the Air Force, is advised to still look, look out for scholarships? So are you going in enlisted or are you doing our enlisted? So enlisted, I'm going to speak on what I know. If you're going in enlisted, that means you've already joined. So there's really not a need, right? Because you will get the GI Bill, correct? Right? So you'll do your time and get your GI Bill. However, while you're in school or right before you get ready to go, I would recommend applying. Or if you choose to apply for a scholarship now and you know that you're going to the military, see if that scholarship is able to be transferred to whatever institution that you're going to attend at that time. But a lot of times they make you secure that money within that fiscal year. So if you're not going to school until, let's say, two years later, then you may not get that scholarship. Okay? Yeah. Is there any scholarship for, uh, let's say, two years later or for adults in the military? Absolutely. So when you join, make sure you talk to your career counselor. They will be able to give you a wealth of services and knowledge, especially at the community college. They usually have veteran services and someone in financial aid who works strictly with military personnel and veterans. Okay. Are there any other questions? All right. I think it is 1050. Do you have a question? I hope this information was useful to you. I don't know if there is a survey. Thank you for coming out. And enjoy your workshop. Thank you for listening to Financial Aid 101. How to afford college and achieve your dreams. Session 1. A professional development seminar. Featuring founder of Preparing for College 101, Renita Rich Bren. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.bea.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.